0: up everyone it is friday and that means it's physio friday so i have my good friend phil white in here with me we're going to be talking all things injury injury prevention injury rehabilitation or as we like to call it at unity gym regressions and how to get you back on your feet faster all that and more coming up Hey everyone, in case we haven't met, my name's Rad Burmeister. I am one of the co-founders of Unity Gym and the UMS, the Unified Movement System, where we turn driven people into superhumans. And the way that we get such astonishing results with our members is that we've created a unique program that has a balance between strength, flexibility, and cardio fitness. If you wanna know how we do that, grab one of the free blueprints, the Flexibility Blueprint, Strength Blueprint, or the Nutrition Blueprint. There's a link in the description for all of them. And today, uh, I'm joined by Phil our resident physiotherapist. How are you, Phil?
1: Very well. Excited yeah. to be here for your 42nd birthday. 42nd birthday. birthday. You'd Everywhere. swear I
0: wasn't a day of a 41, would you? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's <laughs> like...
1: That gold tooth glint that you have every now and again <laughs> kind of makes you look like you, you know, you're a wise uh, man who's seen some, seen some things.
0: <laughs> my son wigs out about that sometimes. He goes, have you got shiny teeth, Daddy? It's hilarious. It's so funny. Cute. Um, yeah, 42, huh? I uh, I definitely, the only time I ever really feel that old is when I get out of bed and I feel my back in the morning before I <laughs> stretch. And when I look in the mirror and I see all the gray hairs or when I look at a, a picture of myself when I'm really happy and I see all of the wrinkles in yeah. my face when I'm smiling. If I'm not smiling, I you'd swear I'd only be 25. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, thanks, Phil. Yeah, so how have exactly. you been, man? What's uh, been going on in your world?
1: Good, I've been just uh, still in kind of like, I mean, the lockdown's bad many ways and, you know, sort of lost my business in here, but man, I'm surfing every day. I've been surfing <laughs> like pretty much every day for the last three months and Sydney has just had the most intense, amazing swell over the weekend. And uh, where there was like, Three meter waves yeah. in Manly, it was wild. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah, I'm not quite up to riding those, but <laughs> I went and sat out the back and, and watched it. It was great. Had a look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, it's That's been, awesome. Yeah, good fun. Uh, but happy to be in here. Um, I've been really enjoying the 3 p.m. Australia Sydney time uh, little broadcast I'm doing on the yep. live stream now. Getting used to talking to myself. Which is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah it's a weird feeling videos. isn't it the yeah. first couple of times when yeah. it's just you and the camera the first and two like, weeks just totally wigged me out mmm. but now I'm like a bit more used to it it's, it's good and there's lots of people asking good questions on there so that's the thing I do at 3pm on Tuesdays Wednesdays and Thursdays so yeah. tune in
0: yeah it takes some serious practice to get um, half decent on a camera and I'm in all honesty I, I I watch so little of what we actually produce I find it funny <laughs> watching myself um, yeah. but I, I am told that I'm getting a lot better at it like some of our members are saying yeah. man you're you're turning into like a real talk show host now but it's it's funny when you see us. I remember that when you um, first came on when you joined us you know eight months ago yeah. whenever it was and on the first couple of shows Yanni and me were like He'll get better. He'll get better. (laughs) (laughs) Totally whole
1: new and exciting thing, but yeah, really enjoying it. Really good. Uh, Excited to be in this chair where I don't look like a tiny, tiny Yeah, yeah.
0: Look, this is how Phil, this is the normal size of Phil. He's not a midget today. uh, Let's have a quick shout out to some of the people that have tuned in. So we've got Ruth Houseman saying, howdy, howdy, and happy birthday, Rad. Thank you, Roos. Uh, Ruth, what am I saying, Ruth? Jada is saying, hey guys, Vinnie Brown is saying, don't usually get to catch this live as it's right at dinner time. Uh, And he's saying, awesome, glad I'm catching this one um vinnie brown's also saying definitely could use all the help i can get in recovering (laughs) awesome bro well we'll see what we can do for you today by is saying morning phil rich and rad happy birthday rad i hope you got the birthday burpees out of the way i did not get my birthday burpees out of the way B Y. if that's a thing i may have to do them later um (laughs) (laughs) vinnie brown saying 42 the answer to life the universe and everything yeah that's it man uh, and Jade is saying, happy birthday, Rad. And Clay is saying, happy birthday, Rad, as well. Thank you for the birthday love, everyone. Really yeah. appreciate it. And if you're listening to the podcast, you're going to want to jump over and join our Facebook group, the UMS Movement Mastermind. That's where you can tune in, uh, comment, and we can uh, we can answer you live because yeah. uh, we record these shows live to that group.
1: I appreciate your comment there, Vinny. I'm a big Douglas Adams fan. When I played Ultimate Frisbee, uh, it was my sport for like 11 years, played for Australia a bunch of times and 42 is always my number, so... Uh, cool, oh is cool that what it, yeah right yeah, okay it's a hitchhiker's guide reference oh, all right, okay. one. All right. uh, i like your birthday pillow in the background there happy birthday to the birthday oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 didn't really see that yeah
0: yanni yani will be rolling in his bed right yeah. now listening to this <laughs> so we've got a um we had a couple of good questions hey phil um yeah. i think our first question that we were going to answer was from lisa and i I think she posted that in the Unity yeah, I've got Gym. It just here. You've got it there. It's okay, on the want, UMS you're, Mastermind. Okay, Get you want to read that one out?
1: Uh, yeah. So she's saying I've been suffering heel pain since the end of March. Some days it's not too bad, but uh, today initially it will be excruciating, painful to walk on. Any suggestions on treatment uh, would be appreciated, thanks in advance.
0: And I intentionally didn't answer this one because this is one of those ones that's really out of my scope of practice and I was gonna give my feedback because I've actually suffered Mm. uh, a similar injury and when I say that, um, non-diagnosed, but um, I, when I was playing basketball on a concrete court as a kid, Landed really hard from a rebound, um, straight legs you know, on my heel, did nothing to rehabilitate it or anything and just kept trying to play around it. And it plagued me. I remember for years, like it would go away and I wouldn't feel anything. And then if I ever landed, because I used to skateboard and rollerblade, if I ever landed hard on my heel, years afterwards for the next couple of months I would be in a lot of um, a lot of pain and a lot of discomfort and so I was about to give my two cents on it but I thought hang on a minute I really don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about here so let's wait till Phil jumps in.
1: Yeah perfect one for to discuss today because I think um, the way I want to start it out with is um, I think similar to what last time when we were talking about the medial elbow pain I did a bit of a uh, an overview of the differential diagnosis here because a lot of people have jumped on and said like hey it's plantar fasciitis it's plantar fasciitis uh do this stick your feet in a cold bucket of water um it's plantar fasciitis which is not a thing you do for plantar fasciitis i'll have you know but <laughs> i appreciate your uh we'll, we'll talk about that in a sec but just to kind of go through why um it's so important that you don't just self-diagnose and um you know and why it's so important that you do see a professional about this because i can i can't give you advice i haven't talk to you about um, your symptoms and done a proper diagnosis and just give you an idea of the different things it could be. Uh, I'll go through the differential diagnosis for plantar heel pain or, or plantar fasciitis. So um, it could be sort of neurological factors, like um, there's, well, I don't know if I should read about all these there's loads, uh, there's yeah adductor uh, digiti uh, quanti nerve entrapment lumbar spine disorders uh, problems with medical calcaneal branch of the posterior tibular nerve tarsal tunnel syndrome uh, it could be an achilles tendinopathy pat- fat pad atrophy heel contusion plantar fascia rupture posterior tibial tendinitis retro uh, retro bursa it could be sever's disease calcaneal uh, stress fractures infections inflammatory a- arthropies subtalar arthritis uh, metabolic disorders osteomalacia Paget's disease sickle cell disease tumors vascular insufficiency or rheumatoid arthritis so there's like just to be uh, put it out there that like there's a lot of different things that um, it could be and it's very quick it, it, it's a quick and easy thing to do like yeah it's plantar fascia um, pain but if you have missed something there then you could be really uh, But
0: even in the heel is that plantar because I thought plantar fasciitis was experienced when you when you're doing plantar flexion
1: uh, the Isn't plantar fascia it? the plantar fascia is a um, is the fascia, which is a, like a non-contractile connective tissue on the bottom of the foot, mm-hmm. um, and so that's that's a structure. It's kind of like your ITB, but underneath your foot.
0: The fascia is so. like the it's like that clear stuff that's on the outside of a chicken breast, isn't it?
1: yeah and which but it can be different thicknesses um throughout the body so you like
0: and is it what kind of covers organs and muscles and stuff and and allows them to slide against each other is it, that it kind support, of what it is
1: like it adds kind of structural support so um like if, you know if you have a muscle belly it'll have like all the muscle fibers then it'll be enclosed in fascia to kind of contain kind of hold the it structure. all together yep, yep. um so it's it's there for sort of support as well as um, kind of structural integrity. Um, but yeah, it can be totally different thicknesses. So it can ha- can be just like a really thin layer mm-hmm. around like a, a muscle like that, or it can be your ITB, which is as thick as a seatbelt, yep. um, and you can't you know yep. stab it with a scalpel and, and yep. make a dent. So yep. there's differences in the fascia throughout the body, and your plantar fascia is one of. Um, the kind of thickest and strongest in your body because what it does is with the foot, um, you've got these amazing support structures where basically there's three different arches going. So with um, with your foot, if you look at your foot, uh, there's a longitudinal arch and then um, two transverse arches. So basically, um, the, the arch that most people think about when they sort of say flat feet is that um, longitudinal arch longitudinal and arch. then you've got uh, transverse arches in the um, kind of front and the back of your foot. But basically the plantar fascia is if you ever um look at how uh bridges work how they've got the sort of mm-hmm. um like yeah, the, like the, the harbor bridge, bridge yeah the harbor bridge structure it, yeah. so if you think about the support structure there the plantar fascia is the kind of bit that keeps that arch yep. sort of taut and so when yep. you put tension on the plantar fascia it strengthens it um kind of forces the uh the bones closer together which adds a um amount of like structural support yeah. which is the body's way of you know dealing with no shoes for the last you know tens of thousands of years and yep. suddenly we've come in and been like oh we need foamy plates under there to yeah, create yeah. this when really if we develop this strong plantar fascia and and muscular support system then um, you've actually got quite a good yep. like inherent sort of structure there but that needs to be trained and stressed gradually yep. over time um, yeah, so that's what the plantar fascia is and it attaches, um, into the big toe and then down into the back of your heel. And so it often does, like some people feel it sort of just on the, in the sort of inside of their arch there, but it's quite a common thing to feel it on the heel because that's where the plantar fascia actually attaches yeah, right. into. So, um, so
0: for everyone, I think, a, a, a really important thing to acknowledge here is when you looked at the, um, at the amount of, um,
1: what differential you, what, diagnosis. Yeah.
0: What did you, is that calling it pathology? The different pathologies? Yep. Ah, I see that. Yeah. I'm learning. Right. <laughs> when you look at the different pathologies uh, that Phil said there, there's so many different ones. And to just jump straight to it and say, oh, that's plantar yeah. fasciitis. And you're probably that can be right.
1: A, like, it probably is, to yeah. be completely honest. Yeah, like, right. it's probably plant... And just to be on the, you know, tendinopathy, just again, it, it's like... We're no longer calling it plantar fasciitis because it's not so much an inflammatory thing, but a load management thing. It's now referred to as plantar heel pain, which is a bit of a catchall um, for uh, these kind of plantar fasciitis <laughs> problems. But basically, it's you're probably right. Like, it, if like 80 of people, it will just be plantar heel pain. But you know, it's there's the chance there that there is something else going on there. Um, which you know, some might not be a big deal if you don't get the exact diagnosis right, like it'll just sort of set itself out. But if it did, it if it does happen to be a tumor, which I'm not saying you know it is, but there's a whole bunch of screening questions that we that health professionals will ask to make sure that um, you know you're not having something serious underlying there that um, you know is causing the problem. So that's why it's just such a a key thing to see someone. I can see that uh, Lisa, you've come in here and said, "Is it best to see a podiatrist or a physio?" Which is a great question. Um, I think the best bet is, a uh, well, you want to see someone who is, uh, yeah. So I think podiatrist ideally, um, but you want to see a good podiatrist who's not just like a, uh, I just have really strong feelings about podiatrists because I was sent to them for, for years um, and saw some people who were just there to sell me orthotics um, for years and years and years. And then I've since found an excellent podiatrist and um, he, you know, I would 100% go and see. Um, someone like this but yeah with physio um, just to give you an idea of how much we learned about the feet we had like a two-hour lecture on um, (laughs) like diagnosis and then we had a two-hour lecture on treatment and as I showed you there there's so many different um, things to know about so unless you've taken a special interest in in feet, and usually that's with running physios. We'll um, will kind of go into that foot and ankle side of things, unless the physio is taking a real um, deep dive into in, in their own learning with feet. I'd I'd say a podiatrist would be a better option. But um, yeah, there's certain podiatrists out there that I've been burnt from before. Which I <laughs> just make sure you're seeing someone who is not just there to sell your folks.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of I've heard of a lot of people go to podiatrists and they walk out saying, "Oh my god, I, I need yeah. to spend." $1,200 every three months or I can't walk out of my house, yeah. you know, and, and I'm like, oh, Yeah, you know.
1: I think the kind of the way to do it would even be like the podiatrist is excellent for the diagnostic side of things because they would have seen like all these yep. foot conditions and that'd be great for the diagnosis. And then depending on their approach, <laughs> then maybe take your diagnosis and then yeah, uh, go right. and, see what you know, see go. someone yeah. who's yeah. keen to give you an active.
0: So have we got any that specific that, advice so. for
1: Lisa? Um, basically, if... Um, so the, the thing here that says, that she said that makes it um, quite likely that it is the plantar heel pain, um, which is what I'm calling plantar fasciitis, um, is that she says today initially it will be excruciating, which I'm guessing will mean initially is in like first thing in the morning. That's a really common thing for um, plantar heel pain is that the first few steps in the morning is just agony. And then as you start going and you start warming up, um, you start walking around, it starts to feel a whole lot better. Um, and that might remind some people out there who've had who've had tendinopathies maybe in their you know forearms or whatever. It's often that first when you start training, you're like, "Oh, I can't possibly do this session," and then it starts to get better. So it's exactly the same thing. Walking is training for this uh, for your plantar fascia. So mm. it'll be um, takes it'll take a bit of time to warm up, but often it will get better quite quickly, um, and then come back and be really painful the next day. And so um, as you can pretty much take the planter, sorry, the tendinopathy Um, advice we've given in the past for every other part we talk about tendinopathy and apply it to the um, plantar fascia basically um, where it is a like a matter of capacity and you've gone above um, your capacity which has started this kind of pathological state (coughs) which has then uh, brought your kind of capacity down you need to then build it up slowly now um, the analogy often used for that is the bucket and the tap so um, if you have a large bucket, then you can. Um, then that's your capacity, and then you've got your load, which is the tap, and if you turn on the tap lots, um, then you'll need a big bucket to be able to handle that. So it's about trying to think about how much you're turning on the tap throughout the day, um, which will be how much load you're putting through that structure. Now, the kind of nice thing is with um, feet, you can artificially make your bucket bigger by using things like orthotics in the short term, which can help you just um, you know, manage a bit better while you build up strength, which will be doing you know, yeah, like foot exercises, um, both intrinsic foot muscles, so towel scrunches and um, some other ones. I think we've done. We did was a that was a live, yeah, we that a live, re- yeah, was that did a live it, show? Yeah, a, yeah, yeah.
0: I think we did. We did a couple of really good videos on. Um, yeah, the foot strengthening. Uh, well, the the sole crunches, remember? The sole crunches, yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, the sole <laughs> crunches. Go back. Um, um, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can, you keep then, talking, I'll see if I uh, can find it But then, it yeah, YouTube. your plantar
1: fascia is also, like, as I said before, um, it attaches into your big toe and then up into your heel, and it's kind of continuous with um, your Achilles. Like, it, it sort of blends towards your Achilles. So doing um, sing, like single leg raises or starting off with double uh, heel raises and moving on to single leg raises is way that you can progress the stretch on that system to then strengthen it up. So, uh, but again, it's a matter of fun, sort of finding where you're at, and then building up gradually, um, and it, and trying to build up the size of your bucket. And I, I said, as I said, you know, it's all the things you do throughout the day. So, uh, walking around, um, you know, going to the shops, um, walking upstairs might be particularly particularly challenging because you're going up on one toe, on your toes. So, all of these things you've got to be aware of are turning on the tap, and then it's a matter of figuring out like. Um, you know, how you can get your exercise within in without totally exacerbating the issues. So, um, yeah, that'll that's kind of how you go about making this better. Now, in terms of things you can do to self, um, self-manage, like uh, some people do find success with doing some rolling through there as a way of alleviating some of the pain, um, which is probably a similar mechanism to uh, this person who said stick it in a super cold bucket of water first thing in the morning, which is... Um, like it's the same mechanism that I talked about with manual therapy um, in some of my earlier shows this week about the idea of diffuse uh, noxious inhibitory control which is basically like if you flood the area with some other um, stimulus so in this case this cold water is like out, um, activating all these sort of temperature control fibers and that's going to kind of distract your brain from the pain so in the same like that's that could be quite a helpful thing just to get over that first few steps and the same way with um with your uh, rolling your feet on a massage ball might do a similar thing where it just kind of um, helps with the pain, but it's not gonna make it better long-term unless you strengthen it.
0: It's funny, um, you know, how this whole ice, rice, riced, priced thing has evolved. Police, peace and love. Yeah, yeah <laughs> all this stuff. And it's, and it's come back to really, well, the body actually knows what to do. So let just get out of the way and let it, you know, sort yeah. of do its thing. And some of the best, Um, I think some of the best modern treatments, which are so, so going back to the basics is, just try to start creating some movement in an injury as soon as you can. Mm. Like so much so that, um, you know, one of our members um, fractured her uh, forearm and they were saying that, you know, only 10 years ago that it would have been put in a cast and it would have been in there for, um, uh, so the forearm, that's a really stupid, a description isn't it the uh, fibula no the fibula nope, the uh, ulna ulna <laughs> um, I was thinking underneath <laughs> the leg yeah yep. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, the 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 head of the ulna it would have been um, the head of the radius probably if it's really if up it's, there
1: if they're still moving it yeah
0: right okay yeah. and they put wires in there but le- left it to be able to move, and they'd, they were saying to her within three or four days of having the surgery yeah, yeah. that she should be doing movement to try to strengthen it, um, which is very, very different to the way that things were dealt with years ago. You yeah, know, I was put in a cast. Exactly, and,
1: and like, yeah, rest, like with rice which used to be the old kind of acute injury it was rest ice compress, and elevate yep. which is like if you kind of think about all those it's very passive it's just like yep. you know bed rest yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. do anything with it but now yeah. like it moved to police which was protect optimal loading yeah. um ice compress, and elevate and now it's to peace and love which is a you know we've yeah. gone through before but yeah, basically yeah. it's all about like yeah. yeah you want to give it that optimal loading environment which might be like totally um letting the you know not moving the bone p- for example, but you might, you know, be moving your fingers as a way of getting the forearm muscles around it to stay active and stay strong because it's, yep. um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And and the hardest, I think the hardest thing to understand, it's funny, whenever we have these talks, the more and more we have them, the the more and more it kind of, for me, it comes back to this concept of, you know, an injury is an insight into where a weak link in your body mm. is. And, um the answer is almost always to manage load which means like when when we say manage load i understand that like it's a language that phil and yanni and richard and i really understand but for you the listener maybe you don't understand what we mean by that it means you've it's usually an abusive load that's caused an injury if it's a chronic injury it's usually an abusive load that's that's happened over time that's caused this chronic condition And managing the load means to reduce the load. So it might mean if you're jogging or running, reduce the amount of days that you're running a week or reduce the amount of distance that you're running. Or if it's lifting weights or um, something like that, it's reducing the amount of weight you lift or going to a a less intense version of an exercise. Yeah, that's why I
1: quite like the that kind of bucket and tap analogy because I think it kind of helps you visualize that idea of like your capacity. So how much load you can actually yeah. handle is like you can change the side of your bucket. You can change it by you know slowly strengthening things up or um, you know using um, sort of things to assist you, like orthotics in this case. Um, but then also, you know, you can change the amount of load. So you can you control the tap by how much you're walking, you know, throughout the day, how much if you're wearing bare feet at home or if you're training barefoot, then mm-hmm. like that's gonna change how much you can turn on and off that tap because I think that's where it gets a bit tricky for people is people are like, Yeah, it's load management, but like, you know, what's what's the what load am I mean? controlling? Like what am I and mm-hmm. I think just having that kind of I don't know, for me visually it kinda of helps to have that kind of like um, Yeah, yeah. And I mean if you, you imagine
0: things. visually like this, like if you imagine um if you're deconditioned your your bucket might be the size of this cup exactly you know and, and then you go and, for and a
1: barefoot run on the beach and then you've suddenly and that's just like got turning like it, that's <laughs> like turning a
0: tap on full pelt like it's going to take that's, a couple of seconds before it's exploding yeah, it's out like, whereas somebody like me or phil our bucket would be the size of a bucket yeah. so i could go for a run and turn that tap on full ball and leave it running like that for yeah. about 30 seconds before i'm in trouble yeah um you, and yeah and over time over training the right way your bucket gets bigger exactly you know and that doesn't happen from saying i'm going to turn the tap on and the bucket should (laughs) adapt to it you know it's it's not the way we've just got to
1: respect that with with injuries that will shrink your bucket and so you've got to shrink the load accordingly and then slowly build things up and slowly let it grow so yeah lots of analogy world there but i think it just kind of helps to visualize that idea of load management like it's just um it's such a key important concept and the better you can wrap your head around that the Stru- like the better you'll be able to manage yourself. Yeah, basically.
0: absolutely, absolutely. Um, have you got another question? Yeah, I Phil? do. But before uh, I do,
1: Jada's got a question quickly here, which is: mm-hmm. the, Are there any stretches you can do for flexor tendons in the toes? Um, that's a very specific thing um, to be asking. Um, I, I guess with, whenever I get a question like this, which is such a specific sort of um, body part, I just sort of wonder, like, what what the reason for it is but um yeah i guess commonly people kind of get this like toe clawing um which
0: do you think we should first clarify would you ever really say to somebody you need to stretch your tendons i think that might be a little because yeah, i that's think that's a misunderstanding of what a tendon is jada yeah um you don't s- tendons aren't um they're not very elastic big. they're not they're
1: well they are elastic like that's kind of what tendons are for Four is it like with your Achilles tendon? It's like a an elastic spring mm. that helps you with running efficiency because you don't need to use muscular power. You can use some of the springing action of a tendon. Um, but with all sort of stretching research they've, um, that's been done, it shows that there's it's really really bloody hard to change the length of a tendon. It doesn't really happen. Mm. Um, you're more changing uh, how much your muscle. Um, fibers are basically able to uh, relax and have that yep. stretch tolerance and it's also um, yeah it's more of a change happening in the muscle usually than the tendons itself um but
0: so the better question to ask would be how can i stretch the uh the, the toe flexors
1: i think the better question is uh i like it would be talking about more about like the problem that they have and then how yep. to kind of get yep. faster because if you wanted to just know a way of stretching your flexor tendons is you You go into extension like if you want to stretch your flexor you go into extension and so there's kind of only so many ways you can do that and especially with the toes you can basically go up and your toes passively and that's going to stretch those tendons so Hmm. like when you ask a question like that there's just not many ways to do it i mean you could use it do it against the wall you could that's what i was going to say you could do it with a towel you could do it with but i think the more interesting kind of question would be like uh, i have this issue where my Um, whenever I'm running my feet are scrunched up or clawing or whatever and then you can start to look at you know um, maybe it's the you're wearing shoes that are too small for you and that's caused like your toes to be in this position and maybe it's a strength deficit that you could be you know doing some self crunches and well it's it's and dorsiflexion sort of strengthening things like Rich loves doing the foot over the edge of the step and going into dorsiflexion which is getting the uh, foot and the toe muscles to be strengthened so Thing. It's just a way of asking the questions. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Carmine is saying Would alimentation and sleep also affect the injury or discomfort? What's alimentation?
1: That's a great question. Hello, Google, my old friend. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can read what, out. Um, yeah, I'm going to read out Potts. Adam
0: Potts' comment here. Is saying, Rad, just wanted to say, blown away with the spine masterclass. Sounds cheesy, but I'm so excited to wake up every morning because every day my neck and shoulders feel better than the day before. Also been helping out a ton with other areas like RTO, ring turned out holds. I feel like I can depress my shoulders better. Dude, I'm so happy to hear that. It is... Um, I'm telling you, for any of you that actually follow that masterclass and go through those five phases and and adopt that into your daily routine, it is going to change your life. We've got a good friend, Tom Cartwright, who's a chiropractor. And every time I see him, he, he talks to me about how far ahead of the pack, he thinks that our spine training is. He, he just talks about the way that the spine is meant to move and, and, and what all of the um, recent research, which is showing that you know loading the spine and taking it through flexion, extension, lateral flexion, um, is just so important for it. Um, what do you think, Phil?
1: Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> like, yeah, it just kinda, it, it's so in line with everything we talk about, which is basically like, you've got to expose your body to variety and and to be comfortable in different positions and to have a body that can handle things you've got to gradually expose it and so the phases which the spine masterclass goes through does that in a very graduated sort of way and uh shout out to be who's watching but yeah that idea of kind of anti becoming anti-fragile is so key and and that's what this spine um kind of masterclass does is it, it means that you've you've yeah, given it lots of different stresses so that if you then at you know are picking up something out of the car in an awkward way and your spine is you know twisted mm. and bent in a way that it hadn't done before now it's kind of had that exposure before yeah. and you'll you're, you're less likely to injure yeah. yourself i'd say
0: one of the biggest problems that we're facing as a as a race at least in the in the modernized you know First world countries is that we're becoming frail. We just spend too much time sitting down and not enough time moving. And these issues that people um, are talking about, they're, they're largely, um, you know, westernised issues. It's, um, um, you know, from what I've heard. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to quote any research or anything, but from all the books I've read and the teachers I've learned from, people talk about how you don't see a lot of the issues that we have in the Western world, in third world countries where people move more, you know, and yeah. so. And
1: that's not a, you know, that it's really hard as, you know, someone in the Western world where you've got a job and you've got, you know. Kids you and like a mortgage. And, and you can't afford to live close to your work, so you yeah, have to drive, yeah. you know, an hour to get it's there. Our like it's our lifestyle. It's really hard. It's so our lifestyle, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's just ways of, of understanding the kind of core concepts and how you can expose your body gradually to things and get past injuries, so. Um, yeah, is, <laughs> I just looked up the, um, alimentation, and it's the fanciest word I've, fanciest way I've heard of to say eating. <laughs> eating, <laughs> basically, you your die.
0: <laughs> Come on, dumb it down for us a bit, man. Come on.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, would eating and sleep also affect the injury or discomfort? Absolutely.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, recovery is so key to mm-hmm. um, injury, and so is like nutrition. About you know all the mm-hmm. stuff we talked about before with, um, I guess your metabolic state and the kind of inflammatory responses that that causes. But the thing to remember is that like, you know, these are all sort of like cherry on top sort of things. Like it might be the main driver, but it's more likely to be, um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be about getting that load management right. Yeah, definitely the not the things. main driver. But if you <laughs> like, want to
0: look, but if you want to look at the whole picture, like we yeah. have to we have to address everything. And if you like, Phil's talked before about the difference between um, chronic inflammation and acute inflammation. And acute inflammation is very very useful. It's the body's response to an acute injury, um, and it's a part of the healing process. Whereas chronic inflammation is not, and it's actually very um, detrimental to injury uh, repair and rehabilitation and a lack of sleep is a cause of stress, and stress is a cause of chronic inflammation. Yeah,
1: and and also, it's actually quite a good um, point for plantar to heal pain issues, because often with, if you think about that kind of bucket and uh, tap analogy before, um, the foot is such a, you know, it's a weight-bearing joint where you, Take on the weight of the whole rest of your body, so there is a way in which you can decrease the amount of tap, the amount of load you've got is by decreasing your body weight, and that's a really it's a really common thing to see people with plantar fascia issues who, um, it's like largely because they're overweight as well. So certainly the alimentation could be a um, adapted. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you can eat eat less, Uh, (laughs) eat eat better, and um, like help with your body weight to. But you know that's a really that's a hard thing and that's a long term thing. Um, so yeah, you want to try and build up the strength and the structures, but you also then can look at you know long term um, helping with the body weight. But yep. I have no idea if this is a the case in yep. this one. Um,
0: I'll quickly answer Wayne Reed's question because it's a quick one about the Spine Mobility Masterclass. Again, he's saying, hey Rad, happy birthday. Quick question that is off topic with the Spine Masterclass. When you finish phase one, do you add phase two and do both phases? Absolutely, but the way you do it is, the idea is if you, however much time you're gonna allocate to it a day, and I recommend between five and 15 minutes a day when you're learning. When I do my spine training now, I only do about a minute or two because once you you understand it, it's just about taking your body through the motions. Spend about 80% of the time that you allocate to doing the phase that you're trying to learn right now because to, to create a new movement that you've never done before, it takes a lot of intention. And the previous phase, it should be like second nature to you. So 30 seconds, a minute of the last phase is enough to keep it there in your body. So, that, and then so on and so forth when you go to phase three and phase four. And nice.
1: Um, so Jada said it's a chlorine issue and discussed with a podiatrist we discussed a flexor tenotomy um, but trying to find some other options such as shoe inserts so a tenotomy is basically they cut the tendons um, and like a surgical intervention yeah so uh, yeah I think so good that you are looking at ways of not doing that Jada Um, and yeah certainly like um, stretching your flexors may work Uh, again I'm not a like expert in feet but if you I'd really recommend that, yeah, you do go for everything else, but a you know, spend a solid like at least sort of three to six months yeah, like man. trying out strengthening stuff. Cause as we talked about before with, um, you know, how long it takes for structures to change, like you need to give it time, um, with strengthening, stretching, using these shoe inserts to, um, facilitate things. But yeah, certainly like there's so many muscles in the feet, um, that, you know, you there's a lot you can do there. And, and often if we just have our feet in, in shoes, especially shoes that are too small for us, then these muscles just become so deconditioned over time and that it's, you know, you can make them stronger and you definitely, definitely, definitely should. So good on you, data for giving things to go. Um, and yeah, there's-
0: I, you can do. I would, I would obsess over rehabilitation, mm-hmm. um, for at least three to six months before looking at surgical intervention, unless it's an acute injury. Like yeah. I, the one t- I've only had surgery for an injury once in my life. And it was an acute yeah. injury where I got a, um, uh, I tore the Liz Frank ligament and it was a, it was a total rupture. It wasn't a partial tear. Yeah. So that's a, you know, after multiple opinions, yeah. <laughs> the advice was, yeah, you're going to need surgery for this one. Another example is my slap tear, my shoulder. Yeah. Some people said to me, uh, You're probably going to need to get surgery for that one. But speaking to somebody like you, Leroy, uh, and my own gut feeling was, Stuff that. Let's see if I can fix it without surgery. Yeah. And, uh, and and then if I can't, then I'll get the surgery.
1: Yeah. So keep, keep out of Jada. Um, I, I'll um, have a look at. Have you got some? Yeah. Have you already got some exercises from your podiatrist? Because if not, uh, I'll send you some. Ideas of things you can think about um, doing. So, if you
0: Jada as well, it, you know, if it's within your budget, um, do an online consultation with Phil. I'm telling you, it's worth its weight in gold. Um, the um, the my ability to rehabilitate the injuries that I've had over the past five years is largely due to the access of information that I had with Phil and it had nothing to do with him putting his hands on me. It was just sitting down and discussing what goes on in the body and the things that I should do and shouldn't do that made me go, ah, that's how I should do my training. And that's why I know as much as I know about injury rehabilitation It's because of having a guy like this close to me. So these online consultations are going to be life changing for you, for any of you that are out there kind of feeling a bit lost having a diagnosis of an injury and not knowing where to go with it if you've got uh, if you've had scans or anything like that or had a good diagnosis then it, it would probably even be a, a more valuable session yeah, with you because yeah, you can say look like this is the it. diagnosis what do i do you yeah, know yeah. Um, so yeah i highly recommend that
1: does make it things easier Um, Cool. So there's... um, I'll just answer quickly Vinny's
0: question on the live stream and then we'll go to your one. So Vinny is... uh, It looks like it's not specifically a physio question, but because it's on the live stream, we're going to answer it. Uh, Given that Wednesday is middle splits day, does it make sense to go a little lighter doing that workout again on Saturday to reduce the load? Uh, That can get pretty intense. I enjoy doing that one twice, but don't want to overdo it. I wouldn't do that with the middle splits. The middle splits is one of those... Um, workouts that I've found you get better results from doing it once a week and then Vinny you want to do if you do daily mobility like what we do at the end of the at-home workouts once a week is more than enough bro
1: yeah yeah I've seen your videos looks like you're pushing it pretty hard there Vinny so just yeah uh, yeah like and awesome results but like you'll you'll be able to get better results long term if you don't over overdo it um.
0: I'm blown away at the way that because I've been told for 20 years that if you wanna get flexible, you have gotta stretch every day. And it was the most basic you know, instructions. Stretch every day, stretch every day, or you won't get flexible. And it didn't work for me. And it didn't work for many people that I've um, prescribed that to. And so that's why we're so specific on saying, just do these things a couple of days a week, but do gentle mobility daily. Yeah
1: um yeah jada unfortunately i can't do consultations for the us it's such a shame i had a few people like i've had a few people book in now from the us and i've had to refund and because there's like i can seriously i can do consultations with everyone in the world except people in the us just the health system over there is just doesn't play ball with the rest of the world and um yeah there's there's uh, like insurance wise i can't um but yeah i'll i'll send you through some some foot exercises to look at and maybe talk to um but, yeah, it would be worth looking into like running physios or like, uh, or some podiatrists who are really good with the sort of active approach to rehab, people who are like really know their stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'll have a bit of a look for you about people you could work with because I,
0: yeah, well, it sounds like we need to align ourselves with a good physio, yeah, know, in America, doesn't it? We really need <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, it's, sh- it's such a, and good. I wish
1: I like it's so stupid. Like we're all humans, and we have the same stuff going on. But mm. the U.S. health system is just like a—it's oh, just whole, insurance, isn't it? It's yeah. the way it works, you know. Yep. Look, at,
0: we've got to we've got to stay within our li- our yeah. lane, you know. And uh, you can't, you know. There's just too much risk, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. It's a shame. Um, Rogers just said something quite interesting here, which he said he you got himself out of orthotics uh, um, over a 24-month period. Takes time. Worked with an allied health professional. My shin splints are no longer an issue. So I think that's just un- such a great example of. How the orthotics can be used quite effectively where mm-hmm. it yep. kind of adds that artificial size to your bucket and that can allow you to then increase your um, yep. you know it can help you handle the amount of load you've got already and build that up over time and then transition out of it so I think that's just a really yeah good to see that like that's I used a, yeah,
0: yeah I used orthotics for about twelve to twenty four months after my list Frank um, yep. injury and the a, a really good exit strategy for me was to start by removing the orthotics for a certain amount of hours yes. a day and you know just yeah that
1: was my next point is that it's not like it's not like a you just go uh, from wearing them yeah, one day you've, to you've yeah. done 24 months and you count down the day and then you tick it off and then you throw them out and yeah. then you go back to regular things it's, it's so much about that blending the, yep. that like transition time out of them and giving your body gradual exposure and, and all those foot muscles and support struc- um, structures that I talked about in the, like earlier on in this episode um it's it's so key that those are they work just like everything else in your body. You, you you won't expect to just you know never done a pull up and then suddenly you do a pull up. Same thing with your feet. You've got to you know go from. I just give it time, getting used to you know barefoot training maybe to start off with, and then maybe barefoot walking around the house, and then gradually build things up. So
0: yeah, and the feet the feet are a tricky one because you can't really not use your feet. Yes. Um, you know it's, it's like it's like the same with. Um, um, uh, ten, the golfer's elbow or tennis elbow. Like yes. it's really, really hard to not use your hands, which which is one of the things that makes it so hard to recover from. But yeah. there are ways you can do it. Um,
1: and and know. so much of the ways, like it, it, that's why I spend so much of, you know, I feel like all I've done for the last couple of weeks is just talk to people about off the load management because you know the more that people can understand this for themselves like it's Mm. it's all well and good for me to come in and give you this like really nice looking program that's all periodized but if the rest of your life you're doing things that mean that we don't um that you don't fit into your sort of thresholds then that program is totally useless and so that's why you know i'm so keen to talk about this over and over again so people can really understand how to self-manage because that's going to be the key to getting past things yeah um nice so yeah your Roger, that sounds yeah. Strengthen musculature, practice daily exposure to expose my arch and improve my running gait. Nice. Um, yeah, that's it. Perfect. Perfect use of orthotics there. Um, do we have time for that? Uh, quickly discussing the last one, and if yeah, anyone has yeah, any last-minute sure, questions, sure. jump on there. So who are we? Who are we talking about here? Uh, this is from Kate Bolton Schmuckler. Um, so she says hello folks so I'm wondering how to relax my hip muscles possibly tendons too especially the outsides right by my joints they feel super tight no matter what Wednesday's workouts seem to increase the tension a lot this Wednesday's workout in particular hurt my hips especially with the combo of beginner side splits um, and that pissing dog exercise I also have super tight hamstrings um I've tried some of the hip mobility videos, but I have yet to feel less tight. Any pearls of wind uh, wisdom tribe? Also, I don't know if this makes a difference, but I'm currently 20 kilos over my happy weight. What are you thoughts, Rad? Just getting all those birthday messages. <laughs> no, I'm actually
0: reading one of our new members' um, uh, questions here, which is about- Is the, uh, is the,
1: is the Death Star out of battery?
0: yeah it is man it is it's yeah it is literally it's out of battery so because i had to use it for the stream out there this yeah, morning um read that to me again because i need to um i was just reading. Was one fine. Of basically uh questions. she
1: has uh feels like she's constantly tight around her hips oh, yeah. like and has started doing the mobility work what um, mobility work oh geez it's quite a long paragraph i just read there rad I know, but uh, uh yeah
0: sucked into someone else's <laughs> question from the online coaching
1: yeah Asking how to relax hip muscles, possibly tendons too, especially outsides around the joints feel yeah. super tight no matter what. Wednesday's workout with the side splits and the pissing dog stretch was particularly uh, challenging. Also, super tight hamstrings. Have tried some of the hip mobility but, um, videos, but have yet to feel less tight. Any Pels of Winden wisdom? Currently, 20 kilos over the happy weight. Her happy weight.
0: Yes, I strongly recommend that you grab the 18-minute stretching routine this weekend because it is on. It is the flash sale for this weekend, which means that it's $29, normally $99, and it also has a whole bunch of other programs in there. That is the best. Do you know what else you got in there? uh the loaded stretching routine which is what you use after the 18 minutes which is just an amazing value grab because we're giving you the next program that you would use after the 18 minute stretching routine um there's the intermittent fasting um program which is really really good that'll teach you how to which transition there's
1: someone is saying that they're 20 kilos over that's their weight right yeah
0: them. yeah the, I, i'm telling you um so there's a couple of things what I would recommend is to get yourself one of those little, what I've found works really, really well for me is a little physio ball or a foam roller and just to get a little bit of relief around those hips. But the 18-minute stretching routine is so good for the hips for a beginner. It is so, so, so good.
1: I'm gonna go the totally other other direction and say get strong. Um, Like I think that, yeah, certainly the, like 18-minute stretch routine especially that it's that using that to then build towards the end of brain strength is such a um important thing because yeah i think my issue with people sort of saying that they're tight all the time is like the reason we get tight is generally because we're not strong enough to handle the loads we put our body under and then um the like then you get spasm because of this kind of fatigue and, and weakness in a muscle so i mm-hmm. think like the stretching um 18-minute stretch routine and then building into um, the end of range strength is is really good because you're like exposing your body to um, those different ranges of motion, getting your body used to it. And when we get our body used to range of motion, we get less of a um, like a um, spasmy response to range. So it's really nice way of exposing the body, but then yeah, building to that strengthening end of range is going to be so key for that. Then I also think that yeah, with just to go back to the bucket and tap analogy, um, if we can um, decrease the tap by gradually reducing the excess body weight, then that's going to already make those muscles more efficient because they have less, um, you know, load on them. So that's going to be really helpful for your hip muscles. But if we can also be building up, really focusing on strengthening up your hip muscles as well, then they'll be able to handle that's building up your bucket, and you'll be able to handle, um, you know, the amount of load you're putting in. So yeah, I for think. Sure. And and there was a really good comment on there by uh, was it by Clay? I think. Um, uh, I oh know it was by Wuno um, Elev, I think, just basically saying that um, uh, that they didn't get start getting progress um, in relief from soreness and tightness until they combined strength training with the stretching, like Radney you recommend. So yeah. yeah, I think it's so key is that you're you know you're using um, the stretching for that kind of um, sort of symptom relief and exposing your body to range and then building to end of range um, strength, but also with the combination of building up the capacity in your body through um, Strengthening and helping, and the more you reduce your weight, the better you'll be able to. Your system will be able to handle it as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. For beginners, that 18-minute stretching routine works so well because a lot of beginners talk about how hard it is on their body. Because we do the like the squat routine and the 360 hip mobility and stuff, so that does develop strength through. For somebody like you and me, it feels like nothing but for people that are new to it they're like
1: for me i'm pretty uh (laughs) 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 they get
0: they get pretty smashed um there's there's one more question that i want to answer before we finish because it's from our ums online coaching group and we always make a point of answering these questions in more detail so it's from a new member jason uh, gerald jasmine
1: i I answered this in my show yesterday oh did you yeah oh perfect okay
0: cool yeah well
1: there you go but so
0: was he there? Did he see or did you uh, take yeah, him? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's
1: commented. Yeah, um, perfect.
0: There you go. Well, there that, you go. Was
1: that the shoulder one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. about yeah. His, uh, his shoulder yeah, rehab. We've, and we've
1: talked that. about that all well over it. Perfect. Um, yeah, so if you have questions, put them up. the yeah. <laughs> answers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, look, as I said, it is... Uh, <laughs> shout out to keanu there yeah (laughs) alana's saying keanu is saying on repeat daddy and phil (laughs) that's my son hey buddy how are you i hope i'm gonna see you soon and i'm gonna see you too soon baby coming up for a training session um yeah look i just want to drive it home everyone Uh, a lot of people ask us about this program a lot of people ask us how to get started if you want to get started if you want to dip your feet into the ums online coaching uh pool and you haven't done so yet the 18 minute stretching routine is the perfect place to get started can
1: you do the 18 minute uh stretch routine every day Asked lisa garrett
0: absolutely absolutely that's the way it's intended it's intended to be done every day lisa it's such a good um such a good program it's the way that we started this whole thing and you'll get um you can read on the post that i've uh pinned as an announcement to this page you can have a look at the comments from our other members that have uh done this program so jump on check it out see what you think nice all right, everyone. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. And we'll see you again. Nice, to, uh, nice
1: chat, nice to be in the big boy chair.
0: Yes, uh, how yes, yes, yes. Maybe I can convince Phil to come in on Monday and Tuesday next week because Yanni's not gonna be here still uh, for a week and I'm gonna be by myself otherwise, so we'll see. Yeah. All right, guys, <laughs> have a great weekend and uh, we'll see you soon. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept so, so. what you're gonna have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that goal. It's the consistency and frequency that's gonna get you there, it's not the intensity.